back to the Cycling Tips podcast or Freewheeling, if that's where you're listening to it. My name is Abby Mickey, and we are here to chat about Stage 3 of the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift. I am joined by Lauren Rowney, and we're going to start recording straight from the final closing kilometers of the race. So we don't really do an intro, but I hope you enjoy our play-by-play analysis of what's going on. Plus, Allison Jackson joins us on the episode. We've got audio diaries from our riders in the Peloton, Matt and Amy on the ground, all that good stuff. As always, if you're listening to this on the Cycling Tips channel, head on over to Freewheeling to subscribe to women's cycling content all season long. We've got tons of interviews with top riders. We've got me, Lauren, Amy, Gracie Elvin, and Tilda Price chatting about all the women's racing. So it's a pretty okay podcast. I rate it. Here we go. Let's talk about the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift Stage 3. And thank you so much to Zwift for sponsoring this podcast. Wow, what an exciting finish. The Champagne region is stunning and it was so cool to see the riders race down the Avenue de Champagne, but it was really all about them. And I think it was an unexpected winner, but wow, I think that was probably Sile's best performance in her career and I got to interview her at the finish she was crying and I almost started tearing up too it's just so nice to see how much this race means to so many of the riders in interviewing Marina Voss has also been a highlight even though I know her a little bit and have raced against her so much I'm still a huge fangirl and it's just I don't know the atmosphere here is just electric and I think the racing is only getting better again Stage three, hectic. Um, Demi Vollering slips out on a corner, no fault of her own, in my opinion. It just looked like her front wheel. She just lost it. She wasn't even going fast. She was on the hoods, um, which means she had Leanna Lippart, who was having a great ride after that KOM, QOM. Um, Two of the main contenders out now, and now we have three up the road. Um, we've got a few chasing behind it's, I mean, we expected big things from this stage, but I didn't expect this much chaos right now, but, um, it's going to be a thrilling finale. Yeah. I I'm super surprised that Demi went down actually on that. Yeah. Maybe like a little bit of oil or something, but now with Demi going down, it looks like Ashley is going to be their default uh, general classification rider if they can't bring this back together, which who knows? I mean, right now we see Demi is, is pulling in the group behind with Kristen, uh, with uh, Cassini Wadoma and Kristen Faulkner, and they're chasing down a group with Juliette Lebeau, Mariana Voss, and well, it's hard to tell. It's a wide shot. This is what happens when we watch live, is like we, and it's um, harder to. Cecily. Yeah, so yeah. now oh, right. the group She's has formed national champion. Yeah. I gotta like click that in my head. Although yeah, it's it's taking a while it, to get used to the colors. <laughs> it seems it feels to me like Voss in yellow is the same vibe as like Sile in the Danish national champ kit. Yeah. Like it was it's like destiny. Like it has to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a matter of time. Um so yeah, now we're just waiting to see whether this group can catch the three in front. And I believe the front group of three is Elisa Longo-Borghini, Ashley Moolman, and uh, the third rider was... I didn't even see. It happened so fast. And I, I got to say, I'm like a little bit disappointed in the coverage because they are right now showing a beautiful castle thing, but the race is happening. So we're not actually seeing what's, what's going on. And when the riders were coming over the top of that climb, they just kept a still camera on the top of the climb and they didn't actually show what was going on out in front. Oh, Van Vluten obviously is with them. So we got Van Vluten, Elise Langeborghini, Ashley Monpasio, Mavi Garcia, which is great. And Sylvia Persico, who's just like, I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. Rushing I'm it. so impressed with her this year. I mean, if this little group stays away, she is for sure a podium potential win. We know she's fast. Uh, she's a fantastic cyclocross rider, which means she's got that really great short high power that you need to be good in those races. She's looking strong right now, going to the front, pulling 
pulling her weight with the turns. Um, and, you know, we, we got to see what the finish actually looks like. And based on our conversation yesterday in the podcast, I don't think any of us anticipated how steep that finale would be. But, I mean, if Ala Philippe has won there previously, it just it speaks volumes about um, how hard the finish must be. Yeah, and I mean, the way that we're riding right now, like Sylvia Persico is going to be in the yellow jersey at the end of this stage with her and Elisa Longaborghini getting time on the rest of the people in this group yesterday. So that's such an incredible ride from a young Italian on Valcar Travel and Service. She's not even on a world tour team. Although I would eat my socks or my daughter's socks that are sitting <laughs> on my leg uh, if she isn't picked up by a bigger team for next season. Well, I mean, Valcar Travel and Service has been a fantastic launching pad for so many great riders. I mean, Elisa Balsamo is, um, I guess, one of the biggest signings that's come out of that fantastic um, team. It's, you know, we always talk about needing really good non-world tour teams and they're that perfect in-between team that we see. Absolutely. Um, and and it's looking like, you know, Persico is really pushing at the front because she knows there's only, I think, is it 10 or 12 seconds between her and Mariana Voss. If she can get to the top of the, the finishing climb, the finish line, um, with a sizable gap and podium, she'll get enough time to take that jersey away. Yeah, she needs 10 seconds to take the jersey from Voss, and there's also bonus seconds on the line on that Mount Vernon climb. Um, that's not uh-huh. a classified climb, but is definitely a climb. So she's she has that opportunity to take some seconds and, and get up there. Oh. So I wouldn't be surprised when we, we hit this, um, is it Mount Vernon or Vernon? <laughs> the the climb the unclassified climb before the finish would be a great opportunity for Demi to actually try and launch across from this group and make contact with the front group after they summit this climb it's a very narrow farm road down to um those final finishing kilometers so it's going to be hard to make contact again if if this front group doesn't come back or within striking distance and that said we have Annemiek van Vluden in that front group yeah, I and when we when we hit the base of the the fine the last climb that I can't pronounce, it was Anna Van Vluten who was driving the pace, which is you know, we all knew we would see it as soon as there was a legitimate climb in the race. We knew that Anamique would be up there, especially with the uh, time that she lost yesterday. And I'm not surprised that she didn't actually like hit it. Like she didn't attack on the climb. She just went hard and whittled down the group and, and made a selection. And the selection would have been a lot larger if it hadn't been for that crash with Demi on the descent. Yeah, exactly. And actually a comment my partner was making on that climb, because again, that climb was quite solid. The one just previously where this group um, managed to splinter was the fact that no one was attacking it, Um, which, yeah, I mean, interesting. Very interesting. I mean, putting, putting pressure on, but not really attacking. Yeah. There wasn't like a womp. No, and we have a few riders as well, the the climbers. So all the climbers were really in that group. Cassia, Newadoma uh, lost contact on that climb. But for the ones that were there and present who lost time yesterday in that stage, and I would say are now almost outside of the GC in terms of standing on that podium on the final day, it would have been a perfect launching pad. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we know that Kasia marked this stage as one of her picks. And my pick was, was Elisa because of the final um, final run into the line. Yeah, and then I think they, they just tuned into the team radio saying that you have a potential to win the stage with Demi. So I think they're telling Ash to probably back off and let Demi make contact again. And it looks like she's going to start skipping turns now, which makes sense. More more power with numbers. You know... And I wouldn't yeah. pick Ash to win the stage. I... Are, are we allowed to like talk about rumors on the podcast? Because we've, we've in the past, we've strayed away from talking about rumors and, and potential team movement and stuff, but I've heard rumblings 
And I don't know if you've heard the same that Ashley will not be riding for SD Works next year. And this is a thing that I, I feel like in the women's peloton, it's not been that big of a deal in the past because we've not had riders signing this early in the year before, but now riders are getting signed way earlier. So instead of hearing these rumors in late August, like we would years before, we're hearing them right now. And in July. And so I've heard that Ashley will not be on the team next year. We've obviously talked before about the potential rift in the team between those two. And I think that I, I think Ashley will be a little bit bummed about that call that's being made right now. Yeah. uh, I mean, I, I definitely think she, she will be moving. Um, there wasn't that same, I don't know if it's the right word, but symbiotic relationship that Anna and Demi seem to have last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ashley contributed better to the art uh, and they finally made contact now. So now we have a bigger group. The, the GC rivals are back together in one bunch and are looking around. Um, but I think, yeah, for Ashley, she was looking for big opportunities here and, um, the way that they raced through the spring classics and the the Spanish tours, it just didn't seem like they gelled. So it makes sense that, you know, she moves on to greener pastures, we'll say, and finds a team where perhaps she can be the um, outright leader, which is a hard thing to do in SD Works. Oh, we are joined by Allison Jackson shortly. Hey! <laughs> Thanks for joining the podcast. Nice sweater. Oh, my. So what are we looking at right now? Oh my gosh. Um, What a great race. Um, And, you know, it's like been such a GC race and um, lots of races within the race already. So this is exciting times. And is it too soon, do you think, uh, to make your pick for the day based on what you've seen in the past kilometers? Voss is looking particularly good. She got... You know, just dropped towards the end of what well, she was losing um, contact at the end of that climb before this climb that's coming up now. But I think she's looking pretty poised for the finale. Yeah, I mean, I think Voss has this ability to go deep when it when it's for the win. She pulls something out of her heart and her passion that um, is like the unbelievable. So um, I, yeah, expect expect nothing but greatness from her in the final. Um, yeah, but I, I looking at this group, I'm just so excited for, um, Parisico and she's also just riding boldly too. Um, you know, not, she's riding confidently, which maybe from Valcar, you know, usually it's not the team that's mostly talked about, but, um, yeah, she's got a lot of confidence and probably her team is just absolutely going um crazy for her in the radio the italians have got all the passion so um yeah i'm excited yeah i guess there was a lot of talk last year when they lost balsamo that's you know what would they do i mean we're big fans of valco travel and service so we talk about them quite a lot um but yeah she's been a fantastic start to watch this year and like you said when that split had happened just before she was really driving on the front she had her eyes, I think, on that yellow jersey, um, which would have been just such a cool thing to see. Um, for a rider, people probably didn't pick to to be so high up. How cool is it that we're able to see race radio from the cars on the coverage? We just saw another one come through for SD Works, just cheering on Ashley and Demi into this final five kilometers. And that's just something we don't often see, which is it's interesting because the other teams will be watching the live coverage. So they'll now know they would have known that the Ashley was sitting up in order for Demi to chase back on. So just super fascinating that as the sport progresses, as we have the more live coverage, that the tactics and the way that the races happen are also going to change. That's true. But also like the girls that are riding in that front group, I mean, it's their responsibility to also see what is happening like in their group. So Elisa would say, um, you know, basically I'm riding, Ashley's not riding. Um, yeah, what's happening. Uh, so I think already they would maybe know kind of what the tactic is all oh, like Demi must be, must be coming back somehow or the group behind. Um, 
yeah but I think it's really good for viewers because mm. viewers then kind of understand basically how the what's the what's the purpose of a director um and yeah and maybe also you know that uh, they might see like Ashley in the front and say well she could win it but there there's a, a purpose for why she's she's uh yeah, not pulling through. Yeah, and speaking of Ashley, she's uh, doing what Ashley does and setting a high pace up this this climb. Um, Cassia Newadome is actually looking much better on this climb than the climb before, which I'm really happy to see. Uh, and it looks like uh, Christian Faulkner is getting tailed off the back there. I can see the yellow helmet of Voss hanging on, and um, Anamik struggling. Anamik doing the usual. Oh wow, she's actually she is struggling. Str she Not is, like she's gapped. She's gapped off Persico. Never. What never is would I happening this. right now? What's happened? <laughs> Look at Cassia. I mean, oh man, this is great. Cassia. Maybe she like actually purposefully got dropped on the climb before so that she could save energy for this. That's not what happened, but <laughs> I think just... it was a it was a pretty technical run in into that that other climb and also yeah the group was big then so yeah you lose some positions and you're already out of the running but this, this is like really this. interesting from Anamik. uh you know whether she trained so much for these these high mountains and maybe thought she would ride into some you know race fitness but these punchy sharp this is a sharp effort and she's missing out on that top end yeah, and she's there. There is a sizable gap that we're looking at right now, and I, I think she was. She's the last rider actually from this group. She's got no help. She's going to have to use her time trial skills. But the problem here is that it's mostly downhill, and then they they hit that last uphill section that we saw um, in the run into the the finish when they were doing the finishing lap. So there, there's no coming back now for Annemiek van Vluden. I just. <laughs> Chloe Hosking. I just can't believe. I was, I was like, I gotta tweet something because this is gotta tweet. You know, you gotta stay up to date on your tweeting. Um, but Chloe Hosking tweeted, "Should they wait out of respect?" Which is hilarious <laughs> because it's obviously what was said on the commentary when Demi crashed. And at that point, you know, there there is a point I feel like where there's like the unwritten rules of cycling, and you wait out of respect for somebody. Like I loved the moment between Vin Vinegard and um, Tade in the men's race. But when it's something like that, I mean, that's like the race is on. It's full gas. There's no waiting. And even if it wasn't, even if it was not her fault that she went down, no, there's no waiting. I want to know what the, the time gap is now to Van Vluden. She's out of sight. Sorry, I'm just fascinated by this. No, it's I think super fascinating for sure. Well, I guess we have 2.2 kilometers to go. Let's make our picks. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with my heart, Cassio. <laughs> I'll also go with my heart. <laughs> That's Elisa. Allison. I'm going with the champion. Boss. Boss the boss. Yeah. We left you the obvious winner. It, you know, it would be boring if we all picked the same winner, right? But regardless, if, if one of those three take it, I will be stoked. If Persico takes it, um, also really happy. So they've all come back together. Now it's just Annemiek van Vluden that is yet to make contact. If they hesitate now, she, she will get back on. Yeah, it looks like 10 seconds, nine seconds now. Yeah, it's a bit curious now with uh, Damie on the front. I think that um, she's got the, the better sprint. I think Ashley should really at this moment just be drilling um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Or or make an attack, but it's got to be earlier um, than not so close to the final. She's just got to get Voss to make that jump before she would jump for a sprint. My pick is poorly positioned now. She's last wheel. I'm just really confused by what's happening here. Because really, so yeah, SD Works are the only team with two people there. And I really thought they'd be going for Demi today. Yeah, especially um, with Ashley sitting up in that last selection. Yeah, I you know what I think Damy sometimes um, gets nervous and and the way that it shows is just her doing too much work and and whether she thinks the race is is versus Anamique, then she wants to get as much time on Anamique as possible. But I think it's 
it's uh, a waste of energy, not a very good tactical. And uh, here she is, the world time trial champion. Making no, sorry, former world time trial champion making contact again. I mean, I just still can't believe that she was gapped on that, on that climb. Yeah. yeah, I guess what Alison said, though, about her focusing on those really long climbs, like what we can see in stage seven and stage eight, and, you know, what she did so well in the Giro was just that ability to ride away. Um, yeah, she's perhaps lacking that really high-end power that you need for these punchy climbs. But with the climbing the coming up on stage seven, I don't think she would be nervous about a finish like this, and there's just not enough space for her to lose a significant amount. All right, and my, my pick, Cassie Neodoma, is attacking with more than 300 meters to go. Voss, perfectly primed she's just, for yeah. the win on a wheel. Yeah, she's chilling. <laughs> 200 ashley moorman it looks like she she's right on voss's wheel and she's making a move now up on the left oh cecile oh this is insane oh the passion and the Dean is cecile taking it she's coming for it oh my god look at her look no at her. way wow. holy wow. shit you know what this is a girl wow. that actually does not win Wow. Very often she gets a lot of podium. Yes. Um, and does not win. Uh, this, I was expecting maybe a third place out of her. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm so happy for FDJ. Seriously, after yesterday. After all the crap. <laughs> after yesterday, that is such a, that is going to be such an amazing moment in the, in the FDJ team bus after the race. She's, oh, there's going to be so many emotions. And here, here. comes AVV 20 seconds this. down, 20 seconds down on Sealy. It's it's a great day for FDJ after a really horrendous day yesterday. So super happy for that team. There was an interview at the start of today's stage with, I think, the director sportive, and he was very emotional about what happened to Marta Cavalli yesterday. So great to see them up there for the win today. Wow. And uh, the stage did not disappoint again. It was a good one. There was a lot of attacks, a lot of riders trying, trying to get up the road before those climbs at the end hit and once the race really came down to the pointy end we saw like the biggest names in cycling up there and you know what's also great is like there there are races within this race you know the with the the kom jersey park hotel really setting up two riders to be kind of at the top end of of managing um the koms really wanted to make that their goal and um yeah, Wahoo LaCole also putting in just like great riding um, for their specific goal, young rider. Uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to watch and to follow along with the journey. Looking at the standings after the stage, Voss is going to keep that yellow jersey over Sylvia Persico, who's 16 seconds down, and Kashini Wadoma is now tied with Persico for third on the GC. Well, same time, third on the GC, Elise Longworgini is in fourth, 21 seconds down. And obviously, because they were in that group uh, after losing time yesterday, we've got Ashley Wimpasio, Mavi Garcia, Demi Vollering, Juliette Libu, and Anamique Van Vluten moving up in the GC. So that's our top 10 is everyone who we just saw. And then Anamique Van Vluten is rounding out the top 10. She's a minute 14 down right now on Voss. And while I wouldn't normally say a minute 14 is something for Anamique to be worried about ahead of someone like Voss, she's still, she's like 50 seconds down on Aliza Longa Borghini and Ashley Moon Passio. She's got some time lost on her as well. So there are some of Van Vluten's rivals that come the mountains. They do have time on her. I think if Ashley is climbing like she was what what we've seen in the past two seasons on these long climbs, um, and Anamique isn't able to put as much time into her, then we could see a pretty close battle there in terms of it. It's going to be interesting to see, like you said, Alison, with, with Demi, maybe the nerves got the better of her because she wasn't there anywhere in the finish. I'm really curious to see how SD Works moves forwards in terms of the different competitions within the competition. Um, I would have said that Lotta Kopecky could have been a, um, a real chance at the green jersey alongside Voss. 
Demi said she's really disappointed, which I'm, I mean, yeah, um, it's such a bummer that she went down on that corner. And I think that that would have contributed to her nerves taking a spill like that when you are, when you come over the top of that climb in the front of the race and then you to fall down like that. Hopefully she's not injured. It doesn't look like she's injured. She's got a cut on her arm and she hit her hip pretty hard on, on the ground. Um, but I do think that that kind of incident would make you more nervous for sure. Cash is riding so well too. Yeah. She, um, had a fantastic day yesterday and then, yeah, she, she lit it up. Um, she knew what she needed to do and thought to go long, but who would have thought that um, Cecily would have had that power at the end? Yeah, and, and, you know, she came with a little bit more speed from behind and you kind of had that character chase. And then, yeah, the the de- desire for that win. What we love about Kazia is that she really just wants to attack the race, this aggressive sort of riding, and and she'll do it differently every, every day. So, you know, she, she'll learn from... From yesterday, um, she kind of did the, the a little bit of a lead out slow turn and, and that, yeah, Voss could just jump off the wheel. So then, you know, now she thought she would take the jump really early on. Um, she'd rather go early than, than wait. Um, but yeah, it's maybe not how you win the bike race. Her time's coming. There's still tomorrow. She had today and tomorrow peaked as her days, not yesterday. So she's been riding a bunch of gravel. So maybe that'll suit her. Oh yeah, of course. Tomorrow is the gravel day. Yeah, she can. The day after. No, it's tomorrow. She can throw on her baggy jersey and her fanny pack and really rip it up. <laughs> Before we dive into tomorrow, let's just hear really quick from our riders on the ground. Hey, Abby, uh, at the hotel after stage three today. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, hectic from the gun um not as chaotic as yesterday which i'm very thankful for um but uh yeah i think we hit the first climb and it was pretty um full gas for a good 40 minutes it felt like (laughs) uh pretty strung out on and off um for a good uh first hour i would say um and then it settled a bit with um, maybe a couple small breaks getting away for brief moments and then, um, coming back into the Peloton. Um, but yeah, it was, um, a bit of fighting into the climbs that we had. And then, um, yeah, just, uh, some, uh, I would say pretty, mm, the hills were hard for sure, but not as full gas, um, as they could have been, um, until we got into the circuit of Epernay. Um, I unfortunately went down, um, right before the, um, Cote de Moutigny. Um, pretty bummed because I'm not the best at positioning myself, uh, very well. And I was in a great position today, um, and, uh, slipped out, uh, or some people slipped out on a left turn, Um, and I couldn't react in time and, um, slid or got on my brakes and then also slid into them and went down, got my handlebars caught in their bike. And we were all asking if each other were okay. And fortunately, I think everybody in my mini pileup were, um, all right, fortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. I think that turn in particular was a bit slick. Um, I think Damie went down as well there, um, But, uh, yeah, so interesting. Um, but other than that, I don't think there were too many obscene crashes as there were yesterday. Um, today was just unlucky for a lot of people. Um, but you know, that's bike racing. (laughs) Um, but on to the gravel stage tomorrow, looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fighting into the pitchy climbs right before the gravel sections. Um, and then we'll see how the bikes do, um, on the gravel sections. I had the opportunity to, um, recon that course and I will say the gravel is pretty gnarly. Um, I'm positive there will be some punctures as the, uh, gravel is pretty sharp in some areas, um, 
So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I didn't flat in my recon, but I also was able to take my online. <laughs> um, will not, don't anticipate having that um, luxury tomorrow, but it should be interesting. Um, yeah, I think something that was noted, I think yesterday or maybe today in our team talk before the race, um, one of our DSs mentioned um, how, you know, the first stage was awesome with how many spectators we had, but wasn't totally sure if that was due to the women's race or because the men were coming in later that day. Um, but he mentioned, you know, there were a bunch of spectators out on stage two. So clearly there are people out just as many at the women's racing as there were at the men's races. And that was also very clear going up um, several climbs today and especially the Cote de Mutiny. Um, I think I'm saying that right. Who knows? <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, really, really cool having all of these spectators here um, and really looking forward to experiencing um, that as well. So, yep, all of uh, my team is uh, doing great. And, uh, yeah, fortunately, none of us got caught up in um, any bad crashes yesterday or today. And... Um, to the point where we're injured. Um, but yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, should be a pretty um, physically brutal race tomorrow with uh, really no remorse. So um, yeah. Okay. First thing first, most important thing, Mariana Voss had the yellow bar tape, guys. Such a great job of Yimbovisma. And a daughter phrased, look, it's so beautiful. This was even before the start. Uh, yeah, really, really quite tough stage. Pretty full on racing all day with a super hard final. Yeah, it was um, like the first hour, it was in and out of cities and the bunch was a bit more relaxed today, I would say, compared to yesterday, but still it was really a fight for the positioning and um, also when it was more uh, wider roads and you thought that okay maybe it will calm down then we had the crosswind so it was basically full on the whole stage uh, also before the climbs in the in the finishing lap but it was yeah, a great team work today and we rode really well together uh, if you, in case you missed it, there's actually been a couple mini episodes on freewheeling. We've been doing the daily podcast, obviously on cycling tips channel, as well as the freewheeling channel, but we would love for you to su subscribe to freewheeling and listen to our weekly podcast about women cycling all year long. So in order to encourage you to head on over to the freewheeling channel and follow, we've been churning out some mini episodes, some little 10 minute snippets of on the ground and ride or die and all that good stuff. And today I put out a mini episode with Audrey Cordon Rigaud and then Matt and Amy picked up some on the ground audio about the crashing because Audrey was pretty emotional after the stage yesterday with just how dangerous the race was. She said that the the Tour de France effect is something that the men have told the Trek women about. And they, Audrey said she thought that they were being dramatic, but clearly the Tour de France effect is a real thing because the, it sounds like what caused all those crashes yesterday was was just nerves. It wasn't so much the crosswinds like everybody expected. So check out the mini episode. I've, Audrey's been doing incredible audio diaries for us as well as Julie Leth and uh, Veronica Ewers on EF and Ruby Roseman Gannon. So thank you so much to them. And yeah, don't forget to, to subscribe to Freewheeling. Also... Speaking of freewheeling, this episode is brought to you by Zwift, who are obviously title sponsors of the Tour de France Femme, Femme of X Zwift. Lauren and I absolutely love Zwift. We're totally obsessed with it. Allison, how do you feel about Zwift? Oh, I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian. I have to love Zwift. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. It's cold up there. <laughs> 
Yeah, we love all of the options that Zwift gives you for daily training, all of the routes that they have on there. They even have racing and you can dive into the racing at the amateur level and build your way up. It's They've got pro racing, they've got every single different level of racing and you can even watch the races. They've done some really incredible live coverage of their races that's all live commentated and everything. And it's a completely different style of racing to normal racing. So that's something that's been super interesting to dive into as well. So check out Zwift. We love them. We're super grateful for them for supporting this podcast and even more so for supporting the Tour de France Femme. Well, Abby, like you said before this race started, you thought there would be a different winner every day. We thought the the jersey would change hands almost every day, um, but I'm happy to still see Mariana Voss uh, wearing that that yellow jersey tomorrow. But I think we will see a different winner again tomorrow. Yeah, that's what's awesome about how this this course has been set up. Um, it allows for yeah a lot of really dynamic racing. I mean, we know that's how the women ride. Um, we get to see a lot of dynamic racing. We have you know, I think, yeah, Annemiek really just banking on those last two climbing days for the overall GC. And we'll see, we'll see if that was the, the right tactic for, uh, or the right approach for this race to um, wait for those last two days for the, the yeah, biggest time gaps. Um, but so far it's, it's, yeah, been pretty exciting. I did, I did say that I thought there would be different winners, but I'm, or different jersey holders for every day, but I'm pretty okay with the goat in the yellow jersey. But there's something about that that is just like so. It's it. It just feels like a sigh of relief, you know. The world is a tumultuous place, but Mariana Voss is in yellow, so all is good. Indeed, this feels right. So yeah. tomorrow, one two three, four, five. We got five categorized climbs tomorrow. Three of them are also gravel with a gravel sector thrown in between the third and fourth climb. The final climb is very close to the finish. It's like 4k, 3k from the finish, the top of it. So tomorrow is going to be, I mean, it's a mini Strata Bianchi. Flat finish? It's downhill to the finish. So I think this is actually potentially one that you picked for Elisa Longo-Borghini, if I'm correct. Do I just keep picking Elisa until she wins a stage? Because she's a she's a pretty good <laughs> a pretty good uh, pick to have across these stages, I must say. She's riding well. She's uh, you know the latest Perry Roubaix winner, um, which is that gravel kind of long power. She's also you know always done well at Strada Bianchi. I have to say, guys, I thought Kapeki, based on how we've seen her climbing in the past year and a half, she would have been more in the pointy end. I don't know if she was caught up in any of the crashes or anything like that, or just got caught out today. Um, like you said, positioning is key, particularly going into one of those last climbs at, I think, what, 15 kilometers to go or something. But I really did think she would be up there um, previewing this race with picked Kapeki for a stage win. Um, so I'm hoping to see to see the Belgian up there tomorrow, to be honest. This entry of Orcours takes us back millions and millions of years and is courtesy of the website geocdf.org. You may know by now that I am a huge Jurassic Park fan and on stage four, we would meet many dinosaurs if the Tour de France Femme would have taken place in the Jurassic or Cretaceous area. But luckily, we do not. 170 million years ago, the terrain we now race on would be a shallow subtropical sea. And this goes for most of Europe because there was no ice on the poles. There was the occasional island or landmass, but most of it was deep blue waters. On the islands, plants ruled because the amount of CO2 in the air was about five times higher than nowadays. And if you booked yourself a holiday to a tropical island in those days and spent the day at the Gulf of Luxembourg, you might have the idea that this was the life. Have a cocktail, read a book, doze off under the parasol, or ask that handsome guy a few meters further to apply the sunscreen where you can't. All great ideas, but don't, and I repeat, don't go into the water. 
The Jurassic Seas were full of life. The cephalopods, squid-like creatures and ammonites were fine, even though they were fish's predators. But in the seas, there were also sea reptiles like ichthyosaurs. They were swimming dinosaurs with huge eyes and with an athletic and smooth body that looks a lot like today's dolphins. But that was not all. These apex predators, who found themselves near the top of the food chain, had to be careful themselves because other sea reptiles were hunting them, such as plesiosaurus and pliosaurs, that could have monstrous dimensions as much as 20 meters in length. On the land, there where we are riding stage 4, also lived some lovely creatures. The sauropods, those huge long-neck ones, and meat-eating theropods lived on the land masses that rose up near the Vosges mountains. And we also found one of the first mammals there. They survived the huge impact 65 million years ago that made the dinosaur extinct and started a new era. Well, we are racing stage four through the Champagne vineyards over the white gravel roads. And these vineyards are built on the Jurassic era limestone. As you know by now, Champagne can only be called Champagne when the grapes grow in this pre-divide era of, of France, but are also harvested there and made into wine there. All the elements of the process must happen here, otherwise it doesn't count. That's one of the reasons Champagne is so expensive. There's no endless supply because the number of vineyards and therefore wine is limited. All other sparkling wine is called just that, sparkling wine. Champagne is usually made from Pinot Noir, Chardonnay or Pinot Meunier grapes. The Champagne itself is usually a blend of these three varieties, although you do have a Blanc de Blanc, which is made from the white Chardonnay grape only. The Aube region, where we race stage 4, is mostly Pinot Noir, which is not only the basis of the grandest of Grand Bourgogne red wines, but also of Champagne. So how to use a red grape for white Champagne? Well, I wanted the same and the answer is relatively simple. They just don't use the peel or skin of the grape, because that is what gives red wine its color. The grape juice itself is much wider and the blending is what distinguishes the winemaker. You need quite a few years of education and experience at an École des Vins to master this craft. Well, santé! All right, well, I'm going to hand the mic over to Matt and Amy on the ground. They were driving along the course and got some some really good content for everybody and we will be back tomorrow to talk about stage four thank you so much for listening and allison thanks so much for joining us oh it's so fun love being a part of these conversations and uh yeah you girls have a great voice um and you know contribute a lot to to the sport fun times and yeah good knowledge about the riders and the storytelling so yeah thanks we'll pull you in again You've now been inducted. You can stay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we are at the, well, near the finish line of stage three. It's a clutch-destroyingly steep climb, <laughs> as, as we discovered, as I think many people have discovered. Um, it's quite a way until, until the race gets here, um, but the publicity caravan is uh, slowly winding its way up here and you know what people people, people are savage they're yeah. savage for it climbing over each other yeah. for t-shirts there's one woman here that had like five or six shirts she'd managed to get it was it was a haul yeah you got a hat yourself though I right got a hat. i did i got my elbows out got myself a hat yeah i'm not sure what i'm gonna do with it i just got caught up in the moment yeah i thought you'd be wearing it to be honest um but. my hair might not like it you know got to stay fresh but fair enough fair enough maybe i'll rock it one day we are probably what 300 just under 300 meters from the finish line and looking up an incredibly steep ramp that is yeah man that looks nasty to ride that as you said <laughs> sorry someone else is just running back with about 10 t-shirts <laughs> in their arms um yeah it's very steep and it keeps on going mm. around the corner as well yeah um in back in the press room just now um, I was trying to predict with Tilda, shout out to Tilda, but we're not allowed to mention Tilda because she's working for the enemy at this race, um, who might actually do well on one of these climbs. And it's really hard to say because we were sort of spitballing, like, you know, who's good at, in the Ardennes? Like, is it 
is it too hard for someone like Marina Voss? Like, it's, it's actually really hard to say, but maybe that's just because I'm rubbish at predicting. What do you think? No, I think you're right. It's hard to predict. There's a lot of these short, steep climbs towards the end, and they actually go over this one twice. So they, they go through here, then there's an intermediate sprint, then there's another climb towards the end, and then they finish with this steep ramp with the round. I think, how long is this last climb? It's probably 500 metres long, something like that. Mm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, tricky little finish, but not only the climb, but as we were driving through the town here in Epinay, um, the finish is really technical, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, there's lots of corners, roundabouts. Sorry, I got distracted by a cute dog. Um, <laughs> corners, roundabouts. Um, cobblestones as well. Cobbles, yeah. There's a moment where the road narrows quite a bit. It goes from like quite a wide road to like pretty narrow, and then there's a 90-degree right-hander like straight mm. after. Um so yeah, it's pretty technical. I mean, given how nervous it was yesterday, um, I think, I mean, I, I don't want to like invite the prospect of crashes, but. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> with how difficult the last part of the race is. Here we go, more vehicles coming through. Just for Waze. Waze, Waze is probably the most French thing ever. Yeah. I feel like exclusively French people use Waze. Correct me if I'm can, wrong. Can you tell me what Waze is for those that might have heard of it? Waze is like a, it tells you it's like a, a mapping thing as far as i can tell kind of like google maps or similar yeah and it tells you about traffic i think it warns you about like yeah like cool. roadblocks and traffic very and exciting yeah. very not exciting <laughs> um yeah so with how difficult this final circuit is hopefully the, the bunch splits up a bit and we only see riders <coughs> in small groups or in you know ones and twos as they come through epinay there before the final climb because a big group through there would be not great no very not great um but yeah as you say i don't think there will be at that point i mean we were just looking at the we were just watching the race and it was already looking quite hard like fdj and and dsm was stringing it out they've already caught the break which women's peloton love to do is just catch the (laughs) break for no apparent reason yeah yeah yeah. um actually another i was discussing that with tilda too and like we sort of said maybe it's just because the force of the peloton is so much more than the break. Like often, the people in the break aren't the top level. Sure. Could be related to this age-old thing we talk about when it comes to like you know the difference in ability within the peloton. That's just one theory. I don't know. But yeah, they caught the break and they were just kind of really going for it. I think there's another. There's a threat of wind again today, which I yeah. think is making people nervous again. So could be another reason why they decided to do that yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see how these last 50 or 60 k's of the race play out um there's a whole bunch of people here at the finish already and hoping there gets to be even more by the time the riders come through yeah we've seen that we've seen quite a few um people out on the road and out at the start and finish earlier today you got a video of some kids on bikes at the start yeah, which sounds like, like that sounds really bad actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just creeping around taking photos of kids the Don't um, him. no the there's probably what a hundred kids with like that yellow shirts on yeah. and stuff right and they were all riding just after the riders set off and yeah they were they were pumped they were counting down to the start of the stage from like and 25 i know all out of time <laughs> all about three numbers ahead it was it was very cute um yeah, the crowds have been good. It's been yeah. it's been impressive, and yeah, as I said, hopefully this builds even more towards the end of the stage, and it's going to be a pretty amazing finish, I think. It's just a testament again, like the last few stages, like we've seen, it's it, this is a really good, well-designed course. It's it's really creating like some exciting racing. Like obviously, the chaos of yesterday was a lot to do with the crashes and stuff. And nobody could have kind of predicted that, but like to have different winners like courses that suit different riders and that's before we've even had tomorrow's gravel stage oh yeah yeah so yeah Yeah, the race is unfolding very nicely and i guess we'll be back a little bit later on with some uh, thoughts from after the stage and how it all played out when we can actually see who won it instead of me just chucking out like 50 names of who might be good on a steep climb or not (laughs) i'll make one prediction who's gonna win oh me you put me on the spot yeah yeah come on um I mean, it really, do you know what I said to Tilda as well, you know, who this would have suited quite well, like a kind of punchy Ardennes style rider. Who won two of the Ardennes classics this year? Marta Cavalli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, having said that, then it was Anna Meek who wasn't far behind it. It's just that it's a bit, maybe a bit punchy for her today. Yeah, I can I'll tell you who it doesn't suit. I'm not sure I can tell you like, who I actually think is going to win. I think Van Vluten will try something today. She will, yeah. I feel like she's not going to wait until the mountains of the last two days to have a crack. 
So hopefully she has a bit of a go here. I'm going to pick Volering for the stage. I was going to say Demi is the next, yeah, in line with that, I think. She she also lost some time yesterday, and I think she'll be on the hunt for for making up some of that. So Hopefully, that'll yeah. be good. We're back here. Uh, it's around 300 metres to the finish. 24 and a half, 25 kilometres to go in the race. We're just about to see the riders come through for their first pass of two. Got Lena Amulusic off the front. I think she'll be first up the hill here. Yep, she's got 51 seconds on the peloton, and then there's a chasing group at 32 seconds. We can just see her coming into view now, just behind the lead vehicles. All the fans that were busy fighting over their t-shirts have got them, duly put them on, and they're now banging the barriers. They're all sponsor correct and ready to go. <laughs> There's Amulusic going around the corner and up into the steep ramp towards the finish. Oh, she so came into slow. it with quite a lot of speed, but she's uh, she's still carrying it pretty well up there, I think. The problem with looking at these climbs from our perspective is that you think that it's like super hard and then these pros just come in like yeah. sail up it. Make it look easy. And we have three rise and then the bunch right behind them. So that gap has really come down, hasn't it? Yeah, so we've got... Um, Mario Giulio Confalonieri from Ceratizit WNT, Misha Bredewald from Parkhotel Valkenberg, and an EF rider, but they're about to get caught. Yeah. Lisa Balsamo just led the peloton into the bottom of the climb with Chirin Van Anroy. Uh, Mario Navas is right up there. Cecil Ludwig is right up there. It's still a really big group. Yeah, that's a much bigger bunch than I would have thought. Yeah. yeah, that looks nasty. I wouldn't want to climb that in the race. No thanks. Absolutely not. And now all pay the uh, team vehicles are following up the hill. Yeah, it looks like the, the peloton was just all together there. Yeah. So maybe this climb now and the circuit that they've got to do until they come back here could break things up a little bit. I think some teams will want to make it hard coming into the next time up. I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some attacks over the top of this little climb and then plenty of attacks from there to the finish. I think when they come through here, there won't be a big bunch like that again. Sure. No, and I think that explains why that group that we just saw are about to be caught because I think... Trek Segafredo once again we're coming in hot just to just to make it hard for everybody else we had Lisa Balsamo doing basically what she did yesterday at the finish so I think they'll be wanting to launch Lisa Longo Borghini again just to as they said yesterday their aim is to kind of just like chip away and take back seconds wherever possible for Lisa because she's not she's not good with the goats <laughs> that was sorry that was terrible I'm sorry Lisa I guess we'll be back a little bit at the uh, after the finish see you in a bit all right, to channel our esteemed colleague, Kaylee Fretz, we are back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're in Epinay, in the center of town. We've just had dinner and feeling a bit more alive than we were before, hey? Yeah, we did not have um, many brain cells left after we left the press room. Yeah, it got pretty dark there for a little while, but we're back on track and ready to talk about what happened in the stage. Um I guess the biggest story for me was the big turnaround for FTJ. They had a horrible day yesterday with four of their riders crashing. Cecily Utrup Ludwig losing time with a crash and, of course, Marta Cavalli crashing out of the race. And then today, just this amazing turnaround with um, Cecily winning the stage and in quite impressive fashion as well. Um, yeah, it's a huge turnaround for them, wasn't it? Yeah, real zero to hero moment for the team. I mean... You can imagine that Cecilia kind of had that in her mind when she was hauling herself up that disgustingly steep climb. Um, like, I'm sure that would have given her extra motivation. Uh, but yeah, kind of a surprise winner though. Like, I don't know, she obviously is a really talented rider and a great climber and that she is that kind of like Ardennes style rider, but... We weren't. We didn't even mention her when we were kind of trying to figure out who might win today. Yeah, she was very good and yeah, very very happy about how it all unfolded. And you'll be able to hear more about that in on the freewheeling podcast. We'll be doing a, a mini episode there about Sile's uh, re reaction to the win today. But I spent a bit of time down at the FDJ bus after the win, just I guess soaking up the vibes down there. And fair to say they were all pretty happy. There was a lot of high fives, a lot of hugs. Um, which would have been a big turnaround from the vibe there last night, certainly. Um, it was a great moment where 
Grace Brown came, you know, roaring down this hill to the bus and, you know, cheering and big woohoo as she arrived at the bus and then high fives and stuff like that. And, you know, one of her, her team staff said, oh, that's a great reaction after yesterday. And she's like, yeah, absolutely the perfect way to respond to a terrible day, go out and win the, win the stage. Like, how, how could it be better than that, really? Yeah, absolutely. And also really nice that um, Cecilia was saying that Marta Cavalli is out of the race, but she's actually still here. Yeah. Um, and so they actually do get to celebrate with her tonight, which is really nice. Because um, after yesterday, she didn't really have anything too bad wrong with her after that crash. So she's able to kind of just stick around. And I, I don't know how long she's going to stay with the race. But yeah, the fact that they're able to like kind of celebrate with her, I'm sure it'll be a bit of a bittersweet moment for Marta. But it's nice that they can sort of redeem themselves like that yeah and as Cecily said in her uh, press conference I'm sure she'll be delighted that, that Marta will be delighted that they managed to get the win today even if it couldn't be her up there doing it and her racing for GC uh, speaking of GC it will be interesting to see whether Cecily is going to be a factor in that later on you know she said anything can happen in this bike race and we've got the gravel stage tomorrow and we've got two big mountain stages later in the week um yeah, just about anything could happen in the bike race. It looks like you're trying to find some results there, Amy. I was going to try and see like where she was on GC because honestly, keeping track of all of these things is... It's a lot. She's 1 minute fifth, uh, 48 down at the minute. Yeah, she's in 10th place. Yeah. yeah, she's come up 41 places after that. Um, so yeah, she. I mean, she's not wrong. Anything can happen. That's not like an in, insurmountable gap. Yeah. I was speaking to the FDJ sports director, Cedric Barre, today. And he was saying that he reckons the overall victory is gone, but the podium is still very much a possibility for the team. And I'd say that's pretty accurate. She's the Garen Thomas of the tour. <laughs> <laughs> we only had this discussion in the car today. <laughs> but she kind of is. I guess the other big story that happened today, or the other defining moment really, was uh, Annemiek van Vluten crash, or cracking, not crashing, cracking uh, no, towards the end of the stage. Yeah, that was quite a significant moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of an unusual sight. Um, as the kind of, there was a, a group that went clear, that beer's coming back to haunt me. Um, there was a group that went clear, um, I can't remember when now, but just, they were battling it out. It was full of the GC favourites, like Demi Vollerin, Ashley Moon, Passio, Cecile was kind of in there, but she was getting distance a bit. Um Cassia Nuridoma, Elisa Longo Borghini, and they were battling it out for the bonus seconds over the climb. Um, yeah, yeah. And just off the back, the Anamique was just really struggling to hold the wheels and she was distanced, which is really not something that we're used to seeing at all. Um, and it later transpired that she's actually been unwell um, to the point where actually... Obviously, we don't get to, we don't see like every last second of the coverage, but um, I know that he was mentioned on the on the back of the bike that she had a bit of a Demoulin moment. I think today. Ah, yes, classic. We all know what that means. Yeah, don't need to go into too much more detail. No. That. But then you were at the Movistar bus afterwards, right? You got to speak to her, or you heard from her at the bus? Yeah, she was saying that. After stage one, she started to feel unwell with a, she described it as a stomach infection. I think that's kind of lost in translation. It probably is just like a stomach bug, basically. Um, and she couldn't eat or drink anything yesterday. So on stage two, uh, which having only lost, what, less, just under a minute on that stage, mm -hmm. like that's quite impressive. Yeah. Um, so she said she actually was saying that she felt like I think she said like ten thousand times better today or hundred thousand times better today. I don't know, a lot better basically. And um, yeah, so she thinks she's on the men, but she lost more time today. Um, but yeah, she just she said she could eat breakfast this morning, so she is kind of getting there. But obviously, the energy that it took yesterday was like taking its toll. Interestingly, though. Her team director then later, or her team manager, then later went on to sort of almost like kind of shrug off the fact that she was sick. He was saying like, oh yeah, no, like, you know, maybe it's something she ate, like, 
the tour is long like the classic um yeah she'll be she'll be fine kind of we're not worried i mean she was also sort of saying like i'm not really worried like i think there's plenty more opportunities to take back time like she's not particularly concerned about the time that she's lost at the minute but it was weird that they both had kind of different accounts for sure anamik's not gonna lie like she's being candid about the fact that she's definitely ill i just wonder if the director was kind of going for a more bluffing kind of (laughs) but wasn't he saying that it was just a today thing or something Mm. whereas she was saying it's been a couple days like did he not know about this or was he just lying do you reckon or yeah i don't know i really really don't know like it, it he yeah the way he made it sound as if it was just today sort of saying like oh i haven't spoken to her yet i don't know maybe it's something she ate um so that's interesting that they have like two different stories i i i think maybe he was just kind of trying not to show any weakness right 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 um because for sure if your star rider has a stomach bug you know about that as a team manager you think so (laughs) and if you don't then what are you doing yeah It actually puts the race in an interesting spot, though, because, you know, if she was on the same time, we might expect her just to ride away, you know, to win the race overall in the mountains. But now that she's a couple minutes back, assuming she's able to get better over the next few days, she's got a lot of ground to catch up. She's going to be on the attack. Could be quite close in the end if, you know, if it plays out that way. I know. Could be quite interesting. Yeah, for sure. And she kind of knew coming in. I mean, obviously, she didn't know she was going to get a stomach bug, but... She was saying before the race, kind of in the press conferences, like, I know that it's going to be really stressful for me in the early stages of the race. The way the course is designed means that, you know, the sprinty, like kind of the the stages that don't suit her towards the front end of the race, we're going to be stressful. We're going to be difficult. She was just going to have to kind of like make, like limit her losses, make sure that she didn't lose too much time because for sure for her, like the only way now that she can really make up time is if she gets in a really well positioned or move or like a move with like enough people in it to kind of make it last or or she just has to wait till those the weekend which is a bit ropey like she might that's a gamble isn't it yeah i mean she's she's capable of doing that on a good day she could take back two minutes over two big mountain stages you would think but it is a risk that she's taking. And we said it earlier today when we were waiting for the finish, but you feel like she's going to be on the attack at some point before then, right? To yeah. To try and get back time. She has to. Because otherwise that puts so much pressure on the, the last two stages that it's kind of like she she can do that. But I think the other riders are expecting that and yeah, the other teams sure. are expecting that. So you know they're going to be on high alert to it and they're going to do everything they can to prevent that from happening so she's gonna to have to take the peloton by surprise basically somehow i think but it, yeah like you say it makes it so exciting because i think with Anamit coming into this race she kind of looked at the the stages on saturday and sunday and thought exactly, exactly. it's made for her yep. she's probably going to take like at least a minute on everybody on yeah. these climbs and now it, it is going to be a really tight race yeah, and in some ways, the GC battle was kind of like almost the first six days didn't matter, really. Like, we were just waiting for those mountains for Anamik to do her thing and then, you know, probably ride away with the race. But now she's a few minutes back and, yeah, it's it's poison an interesting spot coming into those mountain stages. And, of course, gravel stage tomorrow, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. So Yeah, it's an interesting one with the gravel because, obviously, Anamik is really, really, like, she's she's adept at racing on gravel she's won strada bianca twice she won the gravel stage in the Giro two years ago but she was saying today kind of she doesn't like gravel in stage races because of the way that it leaves things up to chance a little bit and it can leave you on the back foot but i mean i mean that's the whole reason that it makes it exciting like for us what's good about (laughs) it for sure and i think that's what they were thinking when they designed that stage but um for me, it was almost as if she was like maybe a little bit nervous about it because I think the thing is if she was going into tomorrow's stage in a good position on GC, mm. it would have been like, okay, just stay safe, kind of just get through, like yeah. maybe try a thing or two if you can, but just make sure that you don't lose time. Yeah. But now that she's already lost quite a bit of time, I think the pressure's on tomorrow to 
There's some very aggressive drivers in this town. Sketch, here. yes. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, the pressure's on her to kind of either try and attack or just mm. if she loses any more time, it's kind of curtains for her GC a little yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's going to be fascinating. Um, not only tomorrow, but for the rest of the race. Was there anything else from today that stood out? I was really impressed with, or I continue to be impressed at this race by Cassia Numiodoma because she kind of has had a bit of a quiet start to her season. And she went away and trained really hard. And she's come into this race and she, people would have questioned going into this race whether it was her or Pauline Arroyo's for GC for Canyon, but she's really like, made a statement and she went after the bonus seconds today she she went a little bit early at the bottom of the climb up to the finish line i think but even that was a statement in itself wasn't yeah. it like taking the race by the, the scruff of its neck kind of thing yeah no that that's why we love cassia because she just mm. races so hard like she puts everything into it and she's yeah. just so like she's just a great character and she's just such a pure racer and i think so she was sort of saying after the race, like, I, I don't know why I can't ever catch anyone by surprise. Like, I keep making the same mistake. And <laughs> in a weird way, that's kind of what we like about her is that yeah. she's so, she just goes whenever she wants to go. And I think it's trademark almost for her to do that kind of move. But I, I can see why she'd be frustrated. But to be honest, I think she's been a bit hard on herself because like with the bonus seconds that she picked up, plus the way she finished today, She's right up there on GC and yeah. we know that she can climb really, really well. So yeah. I I think I said, did I say this on the podcast or did I just say this earlier? Like I said, I was going to stick my neck out and back her for GC. Yeah, I don't think you said it on the pod, but <laughs> I think, yeah, it's a good shout. The interesting thing for me is tomorrow is the gravel stage, as we mentioned. She's got that history at Strada Bianchi of you know, a bunch of very close finishes and she's, you know, really wants to win that race. I wonder if all of that frustration would be eroded or you would disappear if she managed to win tomorrow's stage. That would gravel. be amazing for Cassia to win that stage. Yeah. Because, yeah, for sure, she's really, really good at that kind of racing. Mm. And I know that she rides off-road on a road bike recreationally too. <laughs> so she is definitely... she She'll definitely do whatever she can tomorrow, I think. Yeah. To, she had a long conversation with the director Ronnie Locker after the race as well um by the bus yep. and she was sort of yeah venting her frustrations at herself kind of with the way that she felt that she couldn't really take anyone by surprise so maybe she'll figure that out tomorrow and yeah. just pull off a great ride on the gravel so yeah although she didn't win the stage which I think she was really trying to do I was really impressed with the way she rode today yeah completely agree